When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Art of Craftsmanship podcast. My name is Dustin O'Hara, and I'm here with my co-host and brother, Devin O'Hara. Hello. We are excited to be back for episode 22. It's getting kind of crazy. And uh, yeah, it's been fun. Devin, what do you got for us today? Remember, when disaster strikes, the time to prepare has passed. When disaster strikes, the time to prepare has passed. I wonder. Hmm. Yes. We, I, I don't know. Offer, uh, I, I have the, the name, but I, I don't know who it is. Uh, do you know Stephen Cryos? Nah. Um, I got it from a uh, survival and emergency preparedness website. I thought it was cool Um, because we wanted to talk about or what the the theme was uh, redemption and starting over and and, um, that type of thing, right? Right. Yep. Perseverance. Perseverance is the word I was looking for. (laughs) Yes. Um, yeah. perseverance through your projects. And I was looking for that type of quote, but it was there, a lot of them were kind of corny, you know, <laughs> or they were, like or they were way too heavy. Theme. Like when everything's at its darkest, well, like now we're just talking about a, <laughs> an, a, a, something wrong with your project that you're working on. So <laughs> then I, I, I started looking through, uh, like preppers pages and stuff. And those are a lot, <laughs> those are funny. Those are always good. <laughs> they were getting a little bit more, uh, a little heavier, maybe a little crazy, a little out there. Yeah, there's a whole uh, preppers <laughs> preppers creed. Yeah, yeah, I can. I, like I could go through that later. All <laughs> right, that um, <clears throat> there's a a great song by the band called the Mountain Goats, um, and it's all about uh, like having a bad perspective on life, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's one of the one of the quotes is. Uh, our friends always tell us that it's darker before the sun rises. We're pretty sure they're all wrong. You know, so it's like, yeah. it's all like their perspective is all horrible the whole time throughout the whole song. It's just one line after another. That's about like, <laughs> you know, I hope you die and I hope I die before you. And da, 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 da. It's, it's, it's so funny. Yeah. Great, I, but he sings it like in a real peppy voice. Like, dun, 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 dun. and then it's like all this like horrible, uh, negative perspective on life. <laughs> it's yeah. It's, I, I'm trying to find quotes every week that aren't sappy yeah, or that would be on the side of like a girl's coffee mug, you know, something, 
<laughs> an affirmation. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, right. Of whatever their <laughs> affirmation for whatever they want to do that week. Right. They can find their right quote and put it up on Instagram and make themselves feel better. <laughs> <laughs> this is my affirmation for this week. Right. You can be beautiful, but you don't have to be perfect. <laughs> Just because your perfect. legs are long and hairy doesn't mean you're not beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't want to shave her legs. That's all I understand. <laughs> yeah, right. Natural is beauty. <laughs> uh, Our opinions on that are coming out on the podcast. <laughs> but I like that. <clears throat> uh, the d- disaster strikes. The time to prepare is past. Um, uh, that is good. Yeah, that's a perfect prepper mindset. Right. <laughs> right. It's too late for you now. And I, I won't help you. <laughs> but that is, you know, that makes sense though. Too. It's like if if there's a disaster. It's, you know, you've already gone past the point of, mm-hmm. of preparation. It's yeah. already passed. So there are two ways to go. You either give up or you move on, <laughs> which is what the theme of the podcast is about. Perseverance is perfect. That's right. Find, well, your, uh, find yeah. your closest uh, hillbilly friend and <laughs> yeah, hang perfect. with them. Bring them your I do, stores and, and uh I definitely have have that uh, mindset, but in my mind, it's like, yeah, I want to be prepared. I want to have some things available, but it's almost a hypothetical preparedness. Mm. Like I'm not really worried that something like that's going to happen, but my, my love of apocalyptic movies and books (laughs) and all that stuff, just it's in my mind as someone who loves to make things that are bespoke and, you know, speak back to history and, you know, have like this, this, uh, history to them that it's like, yeah, I want to have a couple knives because just in case I need them, like I'm Mm -hmm. always, I always take a knife in the car with me. I mean, I have my, you know, I have a, uh, skeletal Leatherman skeletal on my pocket at all times, but I always have, I always bring a fixed blade knife with a fire steel on it. Pretty much anytime I go anywhere more than an hour and a half or two hours away. Cause you never know, you know, if you're halfway in between and your car breaks down and you're on the highway yeah, in the middle of the night, you, you might have to make a fire. Right. <laughs> it's so it's like the yeah. thing you're, you're, our, you know, your mom will tell you like, I'll take a jacket. Even right. if, even if you're going in somewhere, just in case you break down, mm-hmm. always have a jacket in the car with you. Yep. Yeah. I always tell my daughter, like my daughter hates wearing uh, socks and shoes. <laughs> <laughs> so she is, she always just wants to put on like shoes or put on flip flops. And obviously all summer, that's fine. But uh, anytime we're driving anywhere further or if it's any uh, amount of cold out at all, I'm like, no shoes and socks. Get your socks. <laughs> Something happens. We got to walk somewhere. You got to bring your shoes and socks. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was thinking about that, the prepper thing and realizing I really don't have anything. Um, I mean, I got weapons, you know, I've, right. we have, I've firearms and knives and stuff, but you know, the stuff, food and stuff, we really don't have much right. other than whatever dry goods we have in our house yeah. right now. And also I think it's nice to have firearms, um, at least in this country. Yeah. And, but then it also gives you a it gives you a good sense of security as for protecting your home. But if something were to happen, we all have firearms. Right. So everyone's <laughs> even again. Right. You know, so it's maybe it, it will help. Right. But, uh, you know. Yeah. It, yeah. It almost like <clears throat> almost gives you a false sense of security. Yeah. Like if something but, goes you know, down, I'll be fine with just this. Like, no, you're right. you're. Your single shot shotgun's not going to protect you from much if right. there's a crowd. Yeah. 
Right. <laughs> yeah. Or or well, a bunch of other good. people with um, <clears throat> ARs and that type of thing that can. Yeah. Yeah, I think you know. I, I know that this is something you've you've talked about before, but <clears throat> was it Adam Carolla with his podcast or whatever it was talking about? You know, having like if if you can having like <clears throat> if you have a a multi uh, chambered shotgun or something, having like a rock oh, yeah. sawt you know, bullet in the first one and then like a real bullet or, or, a, mm, you know, a, a, a shell shot or something. Right. You know, cause it's like, <clears throat> if, if someone's gonna, um, actually like see you with a gun and you cock that gun and they're still coming at you, <clears throat> you know, you gotta be able to shoot something at them. Right. And, then, and that, like, that'll, shoot, that, <laughs> that should stop salt. someone rock salt without killing them. Yeah. Or at least make their head down for a second. You would think, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Enough to like, if someone's going to keep coming at you after that, then they've got much more in mind than just you know breaking and entering and trying to steal something, right? <laughs> and probably they're on drugs. <laughs> There's nothing kind of scarier than a, a a firearm being pointed straight at you. <clears throat> yeah, uh, everyone reacts yeah. to that. I, I would think. Yeah, right. I mean, as much as like. When we're kids and someone goes to shoot a spitball at you from a from a, a straw, he they, ah, you flinch and close your eyes and cover your face. You know, it's our natural mm-hmm. reaction. Ah, you get something fired at you, or you know, in your case, you know, shooting Nerf bullets at your wife. That's right. It's always well, fun too. I make sure to hide so she doesn't see me around the corner and record it in slow motion to get a good reaction. And then you see me run, and then the camera just goes black. <laughs> and it doesn't happen again for a couple months. <laughs> There's some cursing and then then chasing away. Damn it! <laughs> uh, what Maeve has to look forward to? In her yeah, nail Maeve right in, the, right in the noggin. Pow! Just when she starts walking. Bet she didn't see that coming. Yeah. <laughs> Sit back down. <laughs> Try again. <laughs> she never walked after that day. <clears throat> Just scooted. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. I, you know, I I have um as a as a backpacker and camper, I have you know water purification tablets and a pump and things like that. I have all the stuff in in my shop or in the basement where you know we have all of our camping supplies. So I have that in my mind too. Like if something were to happen, I have a pack. It pretty much has everything in it that I can just grab and put on. It doesn't have <clears throat> clothes and stuff. It doesn't have supplies in it, but it has all of my gear. You know, when I when I when we finish a backpacking trip, we kind of clean out all the clothes and the food and whatever else and trash, yeah. and then we just put all the gear back into the pockets. So yeah. it's all there. And, it's and, all ready to go in the pack. Right. You just have to add in your clothes and your food, and you're ready to go. Right. You'd be good in 20 <clears throat> minutes. You'd be ready to go out. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And a couple, uh, a couple knives, a couple axes, firearm or two. I mean, you got <laughs> you got a survival knife that you made in an hour, so exactly. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have to worry about making a knife. I can just grab a few and then <laughs> grab a few other things. I'll be good to go. A couple <laughs> bag of rice in there or something. <laughs> Some pop tarts. Yeah, other, <laughs> yeah, right. I have a. I have thought about you know just keeping a couple gallons of water around just in case. But we have where my our property here we have water nearby, so. Yeah, if it were if it were a situation where we needed water, there's plenty of water, and like I said, I have I have purification tablets and and uh, water filter pump and stuff. So mm-hmm. it's again again it's like that my that prepper mindset, but with uh, a certain amount of real real realism to it. You know, mm. it's like yeah, I I think through these things because you never know what will happen, and it's good to be prepared. Right, but <clears throat> but the like large event that would then you know make you need to have a whole bunch of water a whole bunch of food a bunch of stuff stashed up to be able to survive for weeks and weeks you know that's 
that seems more hypothetical to me than a reality. Yeah. And with Hopefully. us, we're so close to, relatively so close to Baltimore City that it wouldn't make much difference. Right. Both of us are off the major highway that comes north out of the city. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> it, in reality, we wouldn't be safe here anyway. So there's no point. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's it's what in, in setting to set up to be stay in one place, right? Yeah. I, I someone said that you're you're stocking up to like you're just you're you're making a treasure trove for people to come and get. <laughs> yeah, you're just preparing for someone else to come take it, right? Because <laughs> there's a giant trail coming every which way out of Baltimore City. They're all highways that right. people would just hike up to us in no time. Yeah, so we'd probably have to be on the move anyway. There's no point in having a thousand gallons, but. If we were someone like Wrangler Star, someone who has, you get 40, 50 acres out in the middle of in the middle of the country or out there yeah. on the West Coast, then you, yep. we, we'd probably think a little bit. We'd probably maybe go, okay, we could, this could be our spot to stay. Right. <clears throat> right, exactly. If you, had, if you had a piece of land that was you know, isolated enough that it made sense, mm-hmm. then yeah, it would make sense to, to stock up there. Or at least have, like, I think... Um, Every time, it's funny, I, I always, I, I really enjoy Wrangler Starts videos. Um, you know, there's not, I mean, there are definitely some political similarities that we have and some differences, and that's fine, but his perspective on how he looks at things is very open-minded. Like, it's always, you know, he's like, well, yeah, I want to do this prepper, th- I want to have these things ready, because you don't know what will happen, you know, and for, for this amount of money, you can have it ready for yourself to protect yourself and your family. Like it's always, it always goes back to his family. It's like, if something were to happen, I want to be ready, Mm. you know, to be able to stay here at my house and have what we need to take Mm. care of ourselves to kind of like bunker down a couple friends nearby that we can radio together just to make sure, you know, everyone's okay and help out. You know, he's like, I want to have some, you know, 50 gallons of gasoline or whatever. So that way then I can, you know, go out and help other people or, you know, like he has the the ability to look at it in a mindset that seems realistic to me. Yeah, you know. and I, I think some of it, it seems a little crazy sometimes, but it also it's a, I think those people, well, maybe not all of them, but are ready to help other people if something happens right. like that. Like, yeah. it's like the guy who keeps chains and stuff in his truck. Yeah. It's like, why do you keep all this junk in your truck, but then he pulls someone out of a ditch, or right, he's got exactly. a winch or something, then he goes, look, you know, this is why it, it, yeah. it, it helps sometimes. And he's the guy who's going to stop and help you. Right. All the other people who don't prepare and think that stuff is crazy, they're going to pass you by. Yeah, yeah, and they're, they're just not prepared. Right, they're like, oh, too bad. My, you know, I'm not going to pull them out with a Prius and not, like, sorry. Like, yeah, right. I got nothing. I mean, I have, <clears throat> same thing. I have, when I got my truck, it was like, okay, when I have a truck that actually potentially could do some good, um, if I, you know, it's not it's not four-wheel drive, but it is a truck, and, you know, I have a tow hitch, and so I, I bought a cheap, you know, I think I got a, a used come-along to put in the back, and, you know, maybe... 20 or 30 feet of chain and just made a little canvas bag and put it inside that, put it in the back of my truck. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. And then I have, you know, like my, my Jack I know is there. I have jumper cables. And even right. when we got our new car, my, my wife, you know, our old car was in an accident and the, the tow company came and took it away and wherever it took it wherever. And we never actually like saw it again. We got our stuff out of it, but I forgot to grab the jumper cables out of the back. Mm. And I like, went back and or I, I was like looking and I was hoping my wife grabbed him but she didn't so I was like the first thing I did when we got a new car I went out and bought another set of jumper cables and put them in the back of her car because yeah. you know I would say 
75% of the time, you're the person who has jumper cables, you know, mm-hmm. if they're, if they're like, I, I've run out, you know, if my, uh, batteries died before and I feel like every time that's happened, I've, because I have jumper cables, I can ask someone else to jump. Right. <clears throat> that's and, thing. and just having it, you're yeah. there again, you're ready to help. I think I've, I've given just as many people a jump as I've received. Yeah. Yep. There's been a lot of people you just see kind of standing there, wandering, or looking around, and you're like, "You all right? Need jump?" Like, yeah, and right. That's, and they're like, "Yeah, I can't." And then you're there. Yep. Yeah. My uh, <clears throat> our our car we just got it worked on, and um, we our our battery was low. It had some some uh, low cold cranking ability. So it, because it's chilly now, getting chillier in the mornings, it was having trouble starting. And so my wife got a new battery. Um, but when they, or I guess it was, yeah, so she had to go get a new battery, but she had to get a jump to get home from work the other evening and we have the cables. Unfortunately, her, her coworker has a, uh, I think she's got a RAV4 maybe. And mm-hmm. the battery is set deep back inside under the hood, like under the dash and she can get, they could get to the positive end, but they couldn't get to the negative. So, mm. you know, that would work right, fine right. if someone else was jumping her car you could hook into their positive and hook into the engine block and it would be fine to jump that car. But to be able to jump someone else's car, they weren't able to get it. So fortunately our dad doesn't live very far from that. And I called him up and dad did the rescue, went and jumped <laughs> Nicole and she came home. But, <laughs> but again, you know, it's like if, she, if, if they were able to do it, then she was perfectly capable of doing it on her own. Right. Yeah. You know, Cause it's there. They were able to do it. So. Yeah, just the little things, right? They're the practical ways to be prepared mm-hmm. and be ready, be resilient, be able to, resilient. you know, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I, I'm, I'm still going to ask this, even though I know that you're not drinking beer today. But I was going to ask you what craft beers you have, because <laughs> <laughs> we talked about craft beer. Save that for the very last thing on the Thanksgiving episode. I was like, I'm happy for, thankful for craft beer. Yeah, uh, but I did want to say, um, my wife picked up some beer on the way home last night and got. <clears throat> What I'm drinking right now is Dogfish Head, mm. 90 minute IPA. Um, the 60 minute is pretty common and popular around, but this is a, uh, a holiday variety pack. So I'm drinking a 90 minute Dogfish Head, and then I have another Dogfish Head here. I have a All Things Yet, All Things Yet IPA, Botanical IPA, mm. an IPA brewed with a blend of botanicals borrowed from our distiller's stash. That's a six point five. What's the this uh ninety's gotta be high APV alcohol. No, that's not nine point whoo nine percent. And then there I also go. have a third beer as well. I have a uh one of our favorites. I have a Tropicannon by Heavy Seas, Mango Lime, mm-hmm. IPA. All IPAs, all good craft brews. Well I, uh, while we're chatting. You might have peer pressured me. I might have to go bust in and find the last couple beers yeah, in my yeah, fridge yeah. after All my right. coffee. I'm drinking <laughs> the coffee my wife made for me. It's got some uh, peppermint nice. uh, sweetener in it. It's very Christmassy. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I have a. Coffee. I've got a bunch of uh, Trogues mixed oh, packs. Right yeah, and just the other night you brought over uh, was the Dewclaw Sweet Baby Jesus. Mm, yeah, that chocolate peanut butter stout. That's good. Yes, sir. Stout season. So, <clears> I, yeah, I might get some trogues. They also make that, um, oh, Mad Elf. You ever oh, have yeah. Mad Elf? Those are, those are so, yeah. heavy. From they're like, four, yeah, they're like 14%. Yeah. Woo. But I don't have any of those <laughs> uh, yep. today. Um, Perpetual. They yeah, so, good. S- speaking of Christmassy drinks and stuff, uh, yeah. 
I guess we can kind of discuss what we've been doing. Um, mm-hmm. uh, in general, I've been we've been getting ready for Christmas right after Thanksgiving. Yep. Um, it's I guess it's a new tradition now with my wife and I. We go right out get the cr- the tree the mm-hmm. day after. We went to a, a Christmas tree farm near us, and um, right away there's a sign for masks, and I, I you just assume that now. You, uh, you, We've kind of gotten to a point, you know, we don't look for the signs anyway. We just pop it on when you get out of the car. Yeah, right. And then I kept walking. Then once we're in the Christmas tree farm, I took it off, and people still had it walking around, Mm. which was a little odd to me. And I understand, I guess they were trying to follow the rules. Right. But it's also we're out on a Christmas tree farm. No one's around you. Right, yeah. Like It's like like 100 acres. Yeah. <laughs> and really, when you're looking for Christmas trees in a Christmas tree farm, I feel like there's a rule anyway not to get too close to other people because then you're <laughs> yeah. like snooping on their picks. You know what yeah, I mean? Right, exactly. <laughs> if you see me go near something good, just stay away. And if I walk out, then you can like sneak around and like check out what I passed up. But you're not yeah. supposed to be getting close anyway. <laughs> like if I'm standing next to a tree, you can't come on and be like, this one is good and like jump down and start to. <laughs> right. Cut yeah, it down. got it. Yeah, that's like, I feel like. I have that same uh, mindset when I'm at like a flea market or an antique mall, you know, and someone's looking at something, you can't just come up right next to them, look at the, what they're looking at. Right. Like, oh, that's cool. And take it. Like, cause it's kind of like, it's a treasure hunt, you know, yeah. like you're fine. You're looking for the best one. So there's a little bit of etiquette. Like mm-hmm. you said, you got to give some distance. Right. So it's perfect for uh social distancing. Right. <laughs> so, so give me a little distance on the tree. <laughs> so I, I I took my mask off until I got back to where they bail it up right, for you yeah. and stuff, you know. And it was just, especially yeah. I'm huffing and puffing anyway, dragging that yeah, that beast, your corona all over everything, <laughs> all over <laughs> over our own tree that we took all home. over the tree and the grass. People are gonna get on <laughs> the their grass. <laughs> don't lay on the grass. <laughs> yeah, right. Don't roll around during Christmas tree park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so and then we uh, we got out of there and. It was good. We strapped it to the the Rav Four, and it's all set now. We got everything done that night. I think I sent you a picture, and it was like all up. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> done. He like, told you. <laughs> Dang, <laughs> quickly done. Hey, you yes. know, it's like <clears throat> I do like the uh, I do like the schedule of that. You know, it's like you know, on that day, no matter what, yeah, you're gonna do it. Like, and then it's, it's done. It's all done in one day, and then you have you can just enjoy it from then on. Yeah. Out. It's it's yeah. a part of the holiday plans, right? We have right. Thanksgiving, and then the day after Thanksgiving, we go and get our Christmas tree and, and try to decorate the house. And we right. did everything. I mean, we have a, a relatively small place, but we got a lot of stuff that Caitlin yeah. puts around, and I put the lights on the outside, but just around the porch, so it wasn't anything crazy. Right. Nice. And yeah, we're set up. Sweet. Yeah, we, um, <clears throat> we're going to do that this week, so it's... it's uh, thursday after thanksgiving so we're a week out now so we usually wait about a week you know we usually wait to the, the following weekend so now we're in the first actual weekend of december and then yep. that's usually when we get it so we're gonna get our tree this weekend and we ordered some lights to go around our house on the on the top lip of the roof all the way around and then we got some hanging christmas tree light or christmas uh or um, snowflake lights to hang down from the front entryway and Got some tinsel to wrap around the uh, the banisters. Some tinsel wreath stuff. A new <laughs> wreath for the door. We, uh, my wife, years years go different ways. Some years we'll make wreaths. Some years we'll buy them. Um, we 
we bought a uh, a fake wreath like 10 years ago. We've been using that same wreath on the off years, the years that we don't get a chance to make a wreath. <laughs> and uh, so this this year we got a new one. It's really nice. It's like <clears throat> a fairly simple wreath, uh, just mostly just green. And it, and it was backed by like it's so it's uh, you know the plastic pine green but it's, it's yeah. pretty pretty uh, realistic looking and then behind it there's a whole another layer of like brown sticks that kind of follow it around Ooh. like a spiral so you get this kind of you know twiggy background and then the pine needles on you know the pine branches on top of it and mm. then it had a bow that came with it but we're going to add in some we'll add in some natural elements so we always get some like the red berries and stuff and make a different bow or whatever so yeah, there's there's definitely a price level on wreaths and stuff, mm. fake wreaths, where it becomes acceptable. Yeah, I think if, if you spend under like twenty or thirty bucks, it's probably not decent, right? But you yeah. spend a little bit more than that, you can start getting something that looks real. Yeah, we have the same thing. We have a plastic wreath, but it, yeah. you can't tell the difference. Everything it looks real, right? Yeah, and you know it's it's that look from a distance. You know, same you and me, we both live out in the middle of the country, so we're the only ones that are going to see our door. Right? Maybe you know, maybe I'll see yours. Maybe our you know brothers right. and parents and stuff but other than that <clears throat> so it's not like not like we're fooling ourselves we right. know it's fake <laughs> but it's just it's for the look the ambiance you know for the yeah it's the whole christmas spirit to stay uh alive in the weather i mean definitely yeah, always yeah. real tree inside and then outside you put some you know fake stuff on just to, right yeah um, yeah i agree we are always a real tree we grew up with real trees and yeah now what so is nice. there is I see the ugliest Christmas trees <laughs> on social media, and I don't know what people are doing and what happened. If all lost our mind, either people have those really tall, skinny ones, like in the corner, right? And they pick like one theme, so you have like silver everything on it. Mm-hmm. There's a it's kind of feeling know. to it. It feels stare. It feels like it should be in the corner of like Coles, not in your know. living room. And our parents have gone that way a little bit. Yeah. What's up with that? You got that tall, skinny tree. It, it rotates. <laughs> it's it's all yeah. pre-lit. And mom and dad are like, this is great. Yeah. It's already done. Put it in a box. Put it away. Yeah, but we definitely. We always grow up with real trees, but I guess it's just the, uh, <laughs> you get to get up in years. You don't want to actually go out <laughs> yeah. and put the effort into getting I, the I think once they hit, decorating once it. They, they didn't have us for to us do all the and work. our brothers to do all the work for them, they said, yeah. man, this is a, what a, what a mess. This is horrible. <laughs> What are we doing? Why have we done this so many years? So, oh, that's right. We just had to sit there and supervise while the boys did everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mom yeah. handed the thing. Dad wouldn't even. I don't know where Dad was. He was drinking yeah, he, coffee. He would do the lights. He would usually do the lights. Oh, what do you, yeah. Okay. He would help set it up and get it steady. He would do the lights, and then oh, once the lights true. are on, then then Mom would sit there and she'd hand out the all the different ornaments. And yeah. Then let us put them on there. You know, supervise. <clears throat> I feel like yeah, we have a. I have a Christmas tree that looks like that. Which what which I remember. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know. And there's a lot of weird, and people are using too many led lights now. They look horrible <laughs> in their house. Like it's super bright and sharp and blue and, <laughs> oh, it's so bad. There's no warmth to it. Uh, bulbs, incandescent bulbs, they, there's warmth. It's like a flame. That's what humans yeah. want. That's what we want to like get around. We want to glow. We don't want a sharp like edge to light. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like, obviously, LED technology has come a long way and they can do all sorts of different stuff. But there's still just something really nice about a little incandescent bulb. Mm, You know, mm -hmm. that that color is just like you said, there's that warmth to it, that little yellow light. Yeah. It's against the green of the pine tree. Right. It's um, Christmas spirit. 
Yeah, and people talk about like the price savings. Like, okay, you, you're saving ten dollars in the month of December. <laughs> like, <Right>. Okay, <laughs> you win that one. Like, <laughs> you'll put a thousand dollars worth of gifts on a credit card, but God forbid you spend the under, extra ten bucks on decent lights. <laughs> but yeah, to right. all those with LED lights, you know, you do you. I guess. <laughs> yeah, good on you. <laughs> way to be, way to be into the Christmas spirit. Yeah, <clears throat> so at least you're putting them out there. And, but right. yeah. and they they have gotten a little better with like the coverings they put on the bulbs now. They're a bit softer. Right. Yeah. I guess they're just figuring out what to put over it. Some type of filter, diffuser you know, or diffuser. Yeah. yeah, something that makes it a little less harsh, but. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, <clears throat> we've been doing, uh, you know, got after Thanksgiving, kind of got settled back in you know, after the break, and we had, uh, my daughter had a couple extra days off because Baltimore County had a, uh, a ransomware attack, Baltimore County Schools, so all oh, yeah. of the devices were infected and whatnot, so she got the day before Thanksgiving break off that Wednesday, and then... Uh, Monday and Tuesday of this week. So she just went back to school on yesterday, on Wednesday. <clears throat> so I had a little bit extra time, which is cool. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I got back to it, and um, and uh, we met up. Uh, we meet up on Monday and Tuesday, or Tuesday and Wednesday. And oh, yeah. And finished the bow-making video. Woo! Awesome, the hickory bow video, and it was <clears throat> it was hard. We, you know, we kind of took a break for Thanksgiving, and I just, I just you know, that weekend and stuff, and just man, I was itching to get back in and work on it. Yeah, the whole time. Like, we oh, were so really to do it. We yeah. were really rushing to try we were, to get yeah, it done we were, by Thanksgiving. Yeah, and get it out right before Thanksgiving. Well, no, no, we were. Yeah, we, we were. Trying. We were trying. I mean, we we got the uh, the the um, Tillery and Tree video out uh, because that kind of right popped up in the middle where I decided, you know, we had this tilling tree that one that I wanted to make. And so we're like, well, let's make a quick video of that, which we did mm. in a couple hours and got that out of the way. So we had something to put out before Thanksgiving. Right. A little teaser video for the, for the <laughs> bow making video, but now that right. one's done. So <clears throat> we'll be working on that and getting that out soon. Yeah. And, we, uh, uh yeah, that's all. I mean, this is not always, this is a second bow video we've done yep. and it's just, it's slightly terrifying <laughs> for me it's almost like if you're in the car and someone's driving in snow right you feel a little less safe oh yeah and they're like it's fine settle down but you're you're not in control of it so you feel right. you're you're the, always the most anxious one mm-hmm. that's how it is me watching dustin make bows and then <laughs> stringing it up and, and pulling on it and stretching it and working it oh man just cringing like oh it's gonna break I'm just waiting Here for it, it to snap and then it's another <laughs> six days of shooting because it broke <laughs> Yeah, you're like, let me get some more pictures. Let's, let's shoot it like just just shoot it once, and then we'll right. do an outro. I'm like, well, you know, we shoot it once and we get it on camera, and then we can shoot it ten more times. If it breaks, then then you know, well, what are you gonna uh, do? <laughs> I like your your. We were like, well, yeah, but if it breaks, then no one's gonna think you can make bows very well. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. right. <laughs> you can't end the making a bow video with the bow breaking. Breaking, yeah, right. Then like, no great, one's gonna, yeah, right. Let's Good follow job. your directions and finish with a broken bow. Let's keep watching your videos where your things break at the end. <laughs> said no one. Right. Here, I'm going to hang an axe today, and then at the end of the video, it just flies straight off backwards. <laughs> off. Well, that's it, folks. That one didn't work. I'll see you Hope you time. enjoyed it. Uh, let me see what you've done. <laughs> well, you yeah, turned you, out better than mine did. <clears throat> yeah, you can't, you can't end it that way. We'd have, we would have had to... <laughs> I don't know. Make make maybe over. make that like a di- like. Oh, I can't believe the disaster. Like that type of video. Right. Yeah. And then maybe try another one or just abandon all that footage 
and have right. a little bit of it at the of it breaking at the beginning of another video another video of it like right. look what happened before we did all yep. this but man that's thrown away a, yeah. a, you know a, a week's worth of shooting yeah well that actually <clears throat> leads us perfectly into our topic which we kind of hinted at a little bit and talked about with resilience and making things and staying you know keep on making and you know makers are going to fail mm. right there's there's the quote that says mistakes are proof that you're trying so you know it's your right. mistakes that's along the way you're going to make a mistake you're going to fail but that just mm. means that you're trying something new you're trying something that you're not perfect at and you know i've made a few bows in the grand scheme of things maybe 10 bows and that's not that many and i mean this the hickory bow that i just made in the video that's the, the second time i've ever made a bow out of hickory right i made osage bows made some out of ash and you know so it was like <clears throat> i had to you know, go into the go into it with a mindset of this is a thing that I, I know I can do because I've right. done it before. I have the steps. I have the uh, the directions, you know, and all the layout. And I have all the, all the guidelines that should lead me to something that will work in the end. But then you got to do it. Mm. <laughs> so it's like – and that's why – one of the other reasons why I think that we always enjoy hearing disaster stories from our guests is because <laughs> it, it makes us all seem human. You know, all mm. of us makers, whether – we're professionals and we do it for a living, whether we're professional hobbyists like me, where you know, I, I love doing it and we have it, you know, we have this channel where we're making something and we're actually doing it. So this is part of our living to create things. Right. Um, but that, and then you have people who are just doing it completely as hobbyists or people who are doing it for the first time. Everyone is going to fail at some point and everyone is going to have to jump that hurdle and persevere through and mm. decide, like we said earlier, do you stop there and not try again or do you keep going until you get it right? Or you get it to a point where then you can make uh, corrections and make, make yourself better. Right. And so uh, we decided we were going to talk about the axe from a circular saw blade video today. <clears throat> yes. Because that's the perfect video for this theme. Um, <laughs> can you uh, give a little um, synopsis? And I'm actually going to try to run and grab a beer now that you've peer pressured me. Sure. Yes. I know. Uh, all right. I'll be back. First one. So, <clears throat> so <laughs> with our, uh, the video, I, I decided I wanted to make the circular saw ax video. It's just something interesting. I was actually, uh, proctoring a PSAT exam a couple years ago. And while I was proctoring, I wasn't supposed to really wasn't supposed to be doing anything. I wasn't even supposed to be drawing or writing anything. I was supposed to be literally just sitting there and watching the students take their exam. <clears throat> but, uh, I was doodling and I was taking notes on ideas for the channel. So I came up with this idea and drew this little picture of a, uh, of the circular saw ax. So a full tang ax made from a circular saw blade. I've got some circular saw blades, some big ones that are used for demolition on like, uh, cutting asphalt tiles and, you know, big, big kind of construction demo, uh, circular saw blades that are almost an eighth of an inch thick. So <clears throat> we decided to make the ax out of that. Um, had the thing came up with the design, which I kind of designed the ax to be, or the hatchet to be about a foot long or so. Cause it's kind of that hatchet length. And I wanted to, um, I wanted to use the 
Hudson Bay pattern head or the feel of that. But then as I started looking at it, I was thinking, well, it actually makes more sense to make uh, the blade with a little bit more meat behind it. So a little bit more stability behind it. Not so, uh, not so narrow or so short in the head like Mm. Hudson Bay pattern is. So I went to the next, my favorite uh, pattern, which is the Connecticut pattern for axes. So I decided made the Connecticut pattern shaped head, uh, drew it out on the handle and then uh, cut that design out and spray painted it onto, or, you know, laid down the template, sprayed around it onto a circular saw blade, and then went through the process of cutting that out using angle grinder and uh, my um, the portaband saw and the uh, grinding wheel, uh, the 2x42 the grinder that I have to shape and get it down to the right size. So got it to where I wanted it. Every, all the edges were cleaned up. Uh, then I put a bevel on it, just a, <clears throat> a little bit of a, a bevel to start with, so do some pre-grinding before the heat treat. And talked about a uh, convex grind, which is what axes have. So you have a grind that um, is convex on both sides. So it's kind of like an apple seed shape, you know, kind of smoothly sloping down to your point, to your edge. So that way you have some meat behind that edge to give it more uh, resilience and more um, more structure behind it. So that way when you're cutting, your edge isn't going to roll so much. Keep it a sharper edge on an axe. Uh, so I put on the, put, did a little bit of pre-grinding and then, uh, did the heat treat on the ax head. <clears throat> and this is where we ran into our first, uh, obstacle, our first mistake in the process or our first, <laughs> uh, I don't know if it was an error or if it was just a, a mishap. I would say a mishap because it wasn't like, I, I don't think I did something wrong. I just think it just happened it, to it, go wrong in that situation. Right. It, go ahead. <clears throat> Something out of my control happened. Maybe. Maybe it could have been in my control, but <laughs> <laughs> so I, I quenched the edge. I did an edge quench on the axe head uh, to just heat treat the edge because I didn't. You only I only needed, it and I was going to get you know an inch and a half to two inches or so of heat treated hardened edge, and then the rest of the head and handle could all stay soft. It didn't need to get hard. It didn't. There was no reason for it to be hard. <clears throat> so I did that. Did my differential, tr- you know, quench. So I just quenched the edge. Uh, and then did some wire brushing and then went over to my grinder to clean it up to kind of get back down to that shiny surface. So then I could put it into the oven and do my tempering. Um, <clears throat> but as I was walking from my anvil and my wire brush cleaning it up, I, I heard this like ping, a real high pitch ding. And uh, mm. I, I thought, you know, what went through my head super quickly uh, was that something fell on the floor, a screw or a piece of metal or something. I just it heard a ping. It sounded like that, like a piece of metal hitting the floor. And then right. I was standing in front of my grinder. I was holding it and looking at it and getting ready to do some uh, grinding to clean off the forge scale. And I saw what I thought was a cr- uh, scratch. I was like, oh, that's weird. Like, why is there a scratch there? I cleaned up all these scratches. <laughs> so I looked at it and then looked a little closer and I just turned around and looked at Devin. I was like, it just cracked <laughs> the whole blade <laughs> cracked and cracked almost all the way through from top, from the bottom to the top, <clears throat> a really good split. Uh, and it was really close to the, the heat treated line, really close to that temp, the differential, um, heat treating line. So I do believe it had something to do with that <laughs> differential heat treat. Um, I've had a, I, I kind of asked the commenters and the viewers to chime in and we've had a lot of people chime in which has been really nice but uh, a lot of people talk uh, were specifically relating it back to the fact that circular saw blades and any steel can have micro fractures in it that you just don't see 
Um, there were a lot mm. of people who suggested that it was probably because of the edge quenching that I didn't actually quench the whole head. That right. I thought, you know, that would have done it. But, um, but I, I don't know. I, 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 I lean to thinking that it's probably had to do something with, there was some type of micro fracture or, you know, something, some tension in the blade. I mean, this blade has been used and used until the, till the point where it's now dull and I have it cause someone threw it away. So it's been put under pressure many times and spinning at super high speeds and, you know, it may have had some crack in it that I didn't notice or something. So, um, and the reason why I say that is because after that happened, I had to start over. Right. And so right yeah. in the middle, it's been a couple days, maybe two days of filming because it was like removing all the material, doing the design. Probably, it was probably, th- well, maybe two, maybe three. Yeah. It could have been three days. Um, <clears throat> yeah. That, the edge stuff. And I mean, it all takes a long time. Yeah. Especially cutting these things out with uh angle grinder. Mm-hmm. Man, it, it, it just—it's slow. That's a night of yeah. That's you know an hour and a half, two hours of uh, yeah. Just working on that time. to get it. Yeah, and if it, obviously again we always say that like, if it was if it was just me in the shop and not you there filming, then that may take me forty five minutes or an hour. Maybe, but maybe some, less. Maybe I would not, say something you know? like that though. That that you can't. I can only slow it down so much. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I talk for the, for that type now. type of stuff. I yeah. barely go like I'm I'm. If anything, I'll do. I'll just tap your shoulder, and all I say is like, "Hold on, dust," and then you know, I just move. I get around you, and then. But other than that, I don't think I stop you much. That stuff just takes. It's just yeah, it the just tools takes time. Yeah. to to do it that way without some fancy uh, CNC machine or something like that. Right. That's just so, what you have to yeah. do. It's uh, steel yeah. is is tough stuff. Right, and <laughs> and it's the different processes. Like I wasn't I wasn't doing, you know, the porta band only has so much throat so much depth between the blade and the actual machine of the porta band. Mm-hmm. So I can't just cut the whole thing out. Like that would have been ideal, but there's too much material there for me to cut around things. Cause then it'll bang into the inside part of the throat where the actual porta band machine is. <clears throat> so I had to remove a lot of material first. So then do that step, right? You got get everything ready, get the grinders out, clamp it up, cut everything off. Okay. Now you got that done. Now I put that away and then I get the porta band out set that up, get that ready, plug it in, get set up back again. Then I got to cut everything right then. Okay. Now mm. that's done. Now I go and I, you know, maybe use the grinder again, a few cut a few more things and I put those away. Then I have to go over to the, <laughs> the actual grinder and then I use the grinder to shape everything. And I'm also, right. you know, I'm an, I'm an artist <laughs> and you know, I'm a detail oriented person. So I want to be really clean. I want to get all my edges. It has to look really good. It has to, it has to check off all those boxes in my mind. <laughs> it has to be functional and it has to look really good and it has to right. be done really well. So I'm not going to rush it. So yeah, the stuff you make aren't speed jobs for sure. Right. right exactly. <laughs> so we, you know, wait, wait, over. Re- before, <laughs> before you, I, uh, like normal when we decide to talk about a video, we rewatch it. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I, and actually, uh, forgotten that it, it broke. Oh, really? Even though you, you had talked to me about what we want to <laughs> talk about today and stuff, but I just kind of didn't. During watching it, I forgot that it was because I was thinking of other things. Right. So, and then right before it happened, I started to remember. <laughs> I was like, "Oh yeah, we." I, and then I the got interested. I, I got interested in it, though. Uh, yeah. I think that's great. What a great thing! It sucks for shooting because you know once it happened, we had to take days off for you to make it, and you had to make it yeah. on your own, and blah blah. And, because we get this thing in our head, like, okay, we'll have it done by the end of this week, and I can edit it, and then we should have one out by next Sunday, you know. Right, yep. And then what doesn't happen, you kind of get bummed out, but. 
man, it, it's really it makes for great uh, <laughs> content. Yeah. <laughs> it was really entertaining. Even, uh, you know, I guess pat ourselves on the back. I was watching like, oh, man, look, it did bring. And I was like, uh, I kind of had forgotten if we had shot the stuff of you making it or like. Right. Yeah. But the time, since it's such a long video, you can just kind of live with it and go, oh, cool. He's done. And he's down here. And then he's got a new one. Right. I love that. It, you, like yeah. a lot of, uh, <clears throat> we keep going back to a lot of other channels would. Do That'd parts. be the end of like part. That'd three. be the yeah. end of it. Yeah, and then you'd have to. Wait. I, I, it's much more entertaining to me. And those are the videos I like on other channels, where they just go through and then they do a little smash cut, and you're there a week later. Yep, it feels really good. And then, um, yeah, so go on from there. Yeah, so <clears throat> yeah, it's gratifying. You're like mm-hmm. you're ready to watch mm-hmm. the entire thing. You're ready to see how the story ends. Right, and then they end it. You know, you're like, oh, <laughs> I gotta wait till next week, and it, like. Obviously, if you're that's the other thing, right? If, if if you don't follow a channel, then and you find a video, and it's part three, and it's interesting, then you got to go back and you got to find part one and two, and you got to find right. part four, five, and six, and however many. Yeah. If you follow a channel, right, you might be following along, but then that's frustrating too, because you get yeah. to a point where you're ready, you're ready for them to do something, and you're ready right. for them to move forward in the process, and then they cut you off, and then you got to wait a couple of days, and then right. maybe the video comes out, and you don't have time to watch it, so then you're waiting, and then you forget about it, and then you see the next one come out, and then you're two <laughs> behind, and yeah, <sighs> yeah, and they like, wait, they got wheels on the thing now. When yeah. did the wheels happen? I, uh, yeah, right. Did I miss a piece? Like, they're launching <laughs> the thing. They're shooting the what? I. Uh, that is one of the things that I'm a little annoyed sometimes about with uh, Wrangler Stars videos that they don't really have the parts in them. It's just, it's a vlog of his life. Mm. So he's like working on one thing and then it might get mostly done. And then the next video might be something completely different. Or maybe, maybe he did work on it four videos in a row, but I couldn't watch two or three of them because of whatever, because life happened. And so then I go back and I'm looking for the next one, but it's not titled right. the right way. Right. And, oh, it's like, it's like when you're watching <laughs> something stressed out. You're watching something on went one of the many different streaming services. Yes, and their ordering goes weird, and then you like somehow it skips one, and you're like, "Wait, she's dead? Why are we what at a happened? funeral? <laughs> Wait, huh? where, where am I? Oh man, why is he crying? That's weird. He's cool. And then yeah, okay, right. I skipped over one somehow. It had auto played five seconds of the last episode last night, right? So, yeah. so it automatically skipped us over. <laughs> Last time on blah blah blah, this all happened. Wait, no, no, oh, crap! They all died. <laughs> all died. I'm done. <laughs> we have all new characters now. What? It's weird. <laughs> did yeah. they recast her? Who is that? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I did. I I remade the blade. <laughs> uh, took a took a day or two, or whatever, well, however long it was, to redraw, cut out, shape, get it. You know, do the pre grind on and get it ready uh, to now heat treat again um and so i did my second heat treat and i did it the same way i actually had i got a little bit more oil so that way my quench tank was a little fuller so that way as i put the uh, blade in with the handle as well i can't you know trying to quench the blade just the edge of it the first time because it was deep i had to kind of put it down into my quench tank and so it came at an angle so i was able to do you know the inch and a half of just the blade fairly evenly across and uh didn't do any um I didn't do any, you know, wire brushing, nothing like too aggressive uh, to shake it up. I just did a little bit of grinding to clean up the edge so I could see the steel, so I could see the temper and got it right to the tempering oven. So looking back, you know, I think that um, I'd want to say it made more sense to quench the whole thing, but 
in the tank that I have, I don't know if I could have gotten the whole thing in there. So even like the entire blade, right? You know, and that I mean, and obviously I was only heating up the head of the axe. I wasn't heating up the whole handle and everything. So it would have stunned. It would have still done its own differential heat treating across the blade and right. the handle, but. I don't know if that would have made a difference, but it didn't crack the second time. So <laughs> got into the yeah. heat treat. Um, I'll, I'll say real quick, when you yeah. quenched it the second time, usually the way I'll shoot it is I go wide, right? So we can see the whole quench. Oh, yeah. If something crazy happens, there's like <laughs> fire or smoke, you get to see uh-huh. it all, right? You want to see it wide. And then once once it looks like nothing crazy is happening, then I'll jump and I'll get an insert of Dustin's face, <laughs> right? And then I go to a tight insert of the thing getting whatever metal getting kind of mixed around and that's usually the way i do it so i did the same thing this time went wide oh you put it in yeah you put it in nothing really happened for about 10 (laughs) seconds so then i go i get low and i shoot your face and then i see the red on your face and you go whoa 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 whoa." and i slowly try to come down (laughs) and i get i try to yeah i try to pan and tilt down and, and um pan over tilt down and um yeah and i got some of it but not as yeah, much as if i were corner, like yeah. <laughs> if i were <laughs> focused on it but it seemed like nothing was happening so i went in for the <laughs> inserts and i was like oh man and that's that's actually a um that's a common thing that happens especially with uh like differential uh treating mm. heat treating or, or quenching you know like an edge quench because when you pull the steel out of the oil you still have part of the steel that's really hot right? because it hasn't been quenched. So that part of the steel is going to then ignite the oil that's on it. Right. So that's what Mm. happened because I had quenched the edge. I was kind of moving it forward and back and it was still in the oil Mm. and it was kind of right on that edge. And then as soon as I pulled it up out of the oil, that oil was then now touching like the really hot steel and it moved and lit on fire. And that's what you (laughs) see when people will do a quench and they'll pull it out of the oil and it does this big like flame. That's because they're pulling it out when it's still hot still mm-hmm. hot enough to light that oil on fire. So I did see that same thing. I was like, oh, man, missed the flames. I know. I was like, oh, <laughs> man. So now I know I guess I'll I'll hang on it longer. Yeah. And if then I, will, yeah, I will, yeah. maybe I'll do my wide and then the tight shot on it just in case something happens. Right. And then and I'll then cheat then in your yeah. face after of you just looking down at it, you know. Right. You could be you could be <laughs> st- right, uh, we'll pouring still. cereal, but as long yeah. as I get your face looking down at it. <laughs> Some sweat <laughs> on me. Is he in the that's, kitchen? What? What is that? That's a weird. <laughs> that's a weird cut shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, did the quench? It worked fine. Got the temper done. That was good and all. And then, uh, and then we brought it back down into the into the shop. And I, I did a uh, started to grind off um, the forge scale, you know, and, and the the tempering scale, and also the black and all the stuff that was on the outside. I started grinding everything off, and I noticed that there was a twist in the head now, everything had mm. been had gone really straight so far and i think it was just in the tempering you know in the oven at some you know sometimes in, in a tempering cycle you can get warps in blades and so a lot of people will temper with multiple blades together all clamped together so they don't uh, warp or also using something like angle iron you mm. know clamping your blade between two pieces of angle iron and then doing a tempering cycle which would work well as well but uh so there was there was a uh, the twist so the head um, from the the back, from the pole end, the top of the pole to the heel, so the front bottom edge of the blade had twisted, had kind of twisted aside. So it's a little bit off from the handle. It's not a lot, but just a little bit enough so that as I started grinding, it was grinding. It wasn't grinding flat. It was grinding the two corners that were closest to it, 
And then mm-hmm. same thing on the other side. So that's the right. second thing we ran into where there was this mishap that at that point is like, what do, what do you do then? Do I, do I start over again or do I reheat treat? Uh, you know, do I try to straighten it by heating it? You know, and all these things went through my head and I was like, right. well, it's, it's not something that's going to affect the overall use of the, of the ax. Um, it's not, again, I'm not making this to sell to someone. So it's something, can I live with it or can I not? Right. And that little bit of a, of a twist I could live with, but I also yeah. needed to decide and figure out how I was going to handle it. So, uh, so that, you know, I would say, and, what's that? <clears throat> Go ahead. and just in a practical way, we can only start the project over so many times. Right. Like we're just, uh, some things are just going to have to, well, that's, you know, for now it's good enough. It, it works the way I want it to work and it's just for me. So then you go, we'll just continue on and we'll figure out a, a a cool way to deal with it, which is, I guess what you're going to say, talk about next. Yeah. Right. So then, you know, that, that takes us back to the uh, mistakes or proof that you're trying. So what do you do in that situation? So I decided, okay, well I don't want to use this on the belt grinder because I only have so much of a flat platen, I can't really get to the right angle. So I was like, all right, well, I'll, I'll just clean off the surfaces with my palm sander. So an orbital, um, a random orbital sander. I did that. And it actually gave a really beautiful, um, almost like a hammered finish, right? Because the random orbital sander is sanding mm. in all different directions and you're getting this overall random pattern that's not all one direction. You know, it's not lines like hand sanding. So I get this nice... Uh, kind of diffused, um, yeah, like scratch a um, pattern like a mat, everything, yeah, like a matte matte scratch pattern kind of, right, exactly, and uh, <clears throat> that was actually perfect for the surface of this uh, hatchet, you know, the head that is going to be used and scratched and things, and so, yeah, you know, it's it's a perfect kind of medium finish that then lends itself to being more resilient over time. So again, I came to the point where I I had a problem. I had to figure out a way to solve it. And the solution actually was much better than the initial solution that I was going to do to the point where I would do that again on an, on an ax head. If I was doing that same situation and I've done it on other, uh, small project knives as well that I've just used that to sand it up to get the flats that nice kind of matte, um, you know, brushed look to it. So <clears throat> did that and then uh and then we ended up uh so I pulled out some wood, found some some random wood in my pallet stash that was actually maybe cherry, maybe oak. Um I've had people say that they didn't think it was cherry, but I didn't think it was oak, so I'm not exactly sure, but it was a nice uh a nice hard wood. Um I pulled that out in a nice, you know, kind mm. of warm color, which is kind of what I was looking for. Um and I did my uh handles, got you know, the scales together, cut out this really beautiful, uh, green, like Kelly green liners that went with the wood yeah. and just turned out beautiful. I love the way that I, I, f- I think that was my suggestion, wasn't it? It may have been. Yeah. Or, I mean, you had a few out mm-hmm. and usually as we're doing stuff, uh, yeah, I think I was originally, I was thinking black, you know, I'm the only there. one there. So it's, <laughs> yeah, I'm his, I'm his bounce board. Right. So right. <laughs> I was like, well, I like the green, right. It's a nature thing, but it, it also, it's, it's that, yeah. Kelly green that, um, yeah. John that Deere green, John Deere or, or green Coleman, which is you know, Coleman, right, right. And I was like, yeah, that I think that would really work, really nice. Yeah, yeah, and that um, <clears throat> I think 
originally I was thinking maybe like black and black, like black walnut with black liners, something like that. Mm-hmm. I thought that might be kind of cool. Um, but yeah, and then with the brass pins and all. So, but yeah, I do think that I definitely remember you suggesting green and we kind of looked at it. I'm like, oh, that might be kind of nice. Yeah. And yeah, that's super nice. So yeah, that, uh, <laughs> that turned out well and, you know, finished, did all the handle shaping, kind of general shaping first and then cleaned up the front edge like I do, you know, the front edge of the handle so that way you don't have to work any, you know, sanding into the blade glued everything together and uh this is again so i ran into another issue here where i was using uh two-part epoxy from total boat and it was an epoxy that we actually bought for uh for my sailboat we had to redo the bottom there were some some big chunks of whatever bondo and stuff that are on the bottom of the sailboat that we had to fix and do some fiberglass work and do some uh filler epoxy work and clean up the bottom get it really smooth on our boat so we bought some two-part epoxy from uh, total boat and i've seen other people use it uh for knife making and for whatever else so uh, i don't know if it was that i in the video i think i blamed it on the fact that it was a, a a flat surface a large flat surface that i was trying to yeah uh clean up and get really flat so that way everything would fit together um but I, i'm not sure i don't know why it didn't hold together very well um mm. It may have been that I didn't add enough texture to the liner material, the acrylic. Um, a lot of people ask us where we get, where I get the uh, the liners for my knives and things, and all of that is, it's all light fast acrylic from a sign shop that my wife works at. She has all these cutoffs and scraps and stuff, and it's just a, they're just acrylic, they're just plastic. Um, yeah, where would you get that if, you know, if, if you it wasn't were, for if, that, if you were someone else who didn't have. Yeah. A wife who worked at the sign shop. Right. I mean, all those, all that. I mean, I would get uh, G10 or I would get Micarta or, um, you know, there's, or uh, like uh, different fibers, you know, different uh, stabilized fibers and things that you can get from all sorts of knife knife supply places. Is it, isn't that expensive over something like a, a light sign material? Wouldn't that be more? Mm, I don't know. I mean, obviously, if you're buying <clears throat> stuff that Nicole uses, yeah. it probably right. would be expensive because it's industrial. But right. if you could get something like it, or you could find somewhere, I mean, like I bet you could, if you're really into knives and wanted that. I bet right. you could go to sign shops and get their cutoff scraps. Yeah, be really, yeah, be really friendly. Say what you're doing, and yep. It's like anywhere. You just come up, and they're just people. You knock on the door and say hello and, and tell them what you're into and maybe hook them up with a knife or something. I bet right, they would, yeah. I bet you they'd give you scraps for life if you did that. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I think also, you know, just asking. Like, I, I put a post out on the Facebook Marketplace a couple of years ago. Um, a couple of times, actually, I put a, I put a, um, a message out for scrap steel for practicing blacksmithing. I got a whole bunch of responses and got a bunch of scrap steel. I put out uh, a message for um, for small cutoffs of of exotic wood or hardwoods. You know, I was like, I'm I'm just looking for ha- handle material, and tons of people use this stuff and just cut it off and throw it away. Mm-hmm. So. I just reached out, you know, put a thing out there like, Hey, if there's any woodworkers or people in the neighborhood or, you know, nearby that have some scrap cutoffs of different types of exotic wood or hardwoods like maple, cherry, you know, obviously anything, walnut, uh, walnut, and then anything more exotic from there. And then I got a bunch of people reached out as well. So, you know, just kind of reaching out to your community as well, I think is always good. Um, and I do think, yeah, like you could buy boxes of that material. Hmm. Um, I use it because it's accessible to me and it, it does the job 
and it's actually worked really well over the years on my knives. Um, that handle is really the only one that's ever separated like that. Um, all yeah. the other ones have held together really well. So I don't, I don't but know. It's exactly also, what it yeah, was. it's also the kind of weird thing of being a 10 inch handle. Mm-hmm. Like you said, the var- var- variations yeah. of such a long uh, piece of piece of wood and right. handles are never that big, unless maybe you're doing like one of those hog splitters or something. But right, yeah, it still looked really good. I mean, yeah. when I got when I got real tight at the end to do it, some you could see beauty shots. You could see it a little bit, but it's right. for what it is. It's it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, so that yeah, that definitely it it didn't it didn't hold together as well as it wanted to. But I will say that. It, it hasn't shifted since then, right? Mm, so it definitely mm-hmm. was in the clamp. Like, everything wasn't clamped well to, well enough together. So maybe it was my clamping. Maybe it was the shape of the wood. Whatever it was, it wasn't done perfectly. So the outcome is that there are some gaps in the handle. Um, and, you know, by that point, again, what do you do? Do I... Do I tear the handle off and try again with new wood? Well, yeah, if I was gonna if I was gonna be selling it, yes, of course I'd do that. Right. But I wasn't, right? So okay, I can live with this because it's for me. Yeah. Like, this is my prototype for something that might be fun to make in the future, but now I know. I've learned from that, right? Right. Next time I do it, I should do maybe angle iron and get like a long piece of angle iron and clamp on either side and then put a bunch of clamps. So I get really good even pressure. It's all it's all a learning thing, and it's all all things that I've seen other people do, and things that I've thought about, and maybe at the time I just, it wasn't in my mind, and I do the same thing I normally do, but then you got to learn from those mistakes. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, but uh, but yeah, I mean, other than that, you know, shaped the handle out and got it all feeling beautiful, and it turned out really nice, and I love the green and the wood, and uh, and it does, I mean, it it does what it's what it was designed to do. It it does little limbing and you know, little chores around and stuff. And that's, it's, it's not the most versatile hatchet because obviously a hatchet is designed to split and cut. And, yeah. uh, this hatchet is pretty much just a cutter. <laughs> you don't, you don't but, think uh, it could smit a smit split small, um, it small could. logs. Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, it's, it's not gonna, it's not gonna split and separate cause that's, that's kind of what you want. You want it to like, as you yeah. split something, yeah. it separates and it, and it separates the, uh, the grain, it pops the grain apart. But so you, it wouldn't do that, but I mean, but it would do, I mean, I could, I could, I'm sure I could split, um, you know, a piece of firewood up to three or four inches in diameter right. and put it on the top and, and baton it like you would a knife. Yeah. I was going to say just, it's, it's definitely better than a knife. Right. It has, it w- the, that yeah, would it be for splitting. So it's yeah. got the momentum and some of the weight and, um, yeah. you can't start with a small split batoning with a knife, right? You got to stick it there and then start to hit it. Right. But you could get a good start with that and then baton that a little bit. Yeah, right. And it yeah, will hold up, I think, and, and it's got so much more steel in general that it will hold yeah. up much better. Yeah, right. Exactly, I, yeah. Baton I really I really like that little, <laughs> I, I think if you were to like, hey, Devin, let me, I want to make you something. Like yeah. if you gave me the choice to make me anything, I think it would be one of those. Mm-hmm. I think it's really cool. I'm trying to um, hint at a Christmas yeah. gift. Christmas, you only have no. We got too many videos to make. So don't <laughs> yeah, right. Make exactly. We don't have time to make anything else. Jeez, <laughs> oh, we have a lot of videos to do, so don't make anything else. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> but yeah, it, I it, it turned out really nice. I was super happy with it, even with all the little mishaps that happened and mm. and the imperfections at the end. It's still it just. You know, I did I did shape the handle to feel really nice. I know what I like in an axe handle or in a hatchet handle, so that turned out really beautiful. I love that. It feels great. 
looks great. The green and the and yeah. the wood and the steel just goes together perfectly, and the and the brass and the lanyard tube and leather lanyard and all. It's it's a little it's a little beauty. I have it hanging up in the shop with all the rest of my axes, and I use and it occasionally. It's nice. The, a hatchet would be able to. I don't know. It had a real nice way of when you were holding those that stick and just slicing down. Yeah, it had almost. It's got a bit of a sword quality because uh, right, right. a, a hatchet or maybe an axe is so heavy; it's mm. almost too heavy for light work like that, right? Mm-hmm. To just be chopping off pieces, right? Like you could think of like a piece of bamboo. Yeah. Right. On right, on like forest and fire or something, and you just go right. chop, chop, right, and you can chop it down and get those. That would be able to do that. Right. A knife wouldn't, and a, a hatchet probably wouldn't. Right. Right. But that it has almost a machete quality or sword quality. Yeah. That a lot of other things don't. It was really cool, and the way when you were slicing into it and making the the spear point, man, it, it made short right. work of it. Yeah. Exactly. Because it has that. It has the edge like a knife. Yeah. Um I could kind of hold it, you know, choke up and hold it and and it definitely it's, has yeah, it has that feeling of something like a machete. Uh, obviously yeah. a machete you have a, a long blade so you don't have to be as accurate, but it had the weight, you know, the length and the weight in the head to give you a mm. lot of momentum. So yeah, yeah I was cutting through that that stick at the end which might have been 3 quarters of an inch or so in diameter. Mm-hmm. It was just chomp, chomp, chomp. it was just going straight through it. Yeah, it's yeah. it's what a um yeah. interesting hybrid. That's why I think yeah. I would I would like it. I don't I don't know. I mean, you know, I got a axe for spudding, and I right. got a double bit, and I got a couple other things. But that would—that's such a cool, yeah. weird, weird <laughs> hybrid. I guess He'd, I think it would be a good camping thing. Yeah, and there are there are other people who make um, similar things like full tang axes, mm-hmm. uh, but they they're using usually at least a quarter inch thick steel. Because then that gives you a little bit more meat behind it, right? It gives you right. some more strength in right. it, and it gives you an edge that can be a little shorter and can work as a splitter. Mm. Um, you know, I was obviously using what I have, and that's part of that's part of you know being a creative person as well, and and uh, and just taking advantage of what you have. Um, and being resilient and using what you have. I mean, I, fortunately, I had another X, uh, another saw blade. If I hadn't had another saw blade. Okay, same thing. We would add to maybe do use something else or or right. figure it, or just abandon the project. But you know, I have collected a bunch of those things, so I had it, so I was ready to go and um, and persevere through all those mishaps and mistakes. Yeah, it's like yeah. the uh, X machete. I don't know what you'd call it, but that'd be pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> X shitty. X shitty. Yeah, <laughs> X sword machete. Um, Machete. M- machete. 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 I like it. <laughs> all yeah, right. But, uh, yeah, again, you know, all these things are really just to just emphasize the fact that there is an, an amount of perseverance that goes into making in general, and you have to be able to get through that, and you have to be able to understand that you're not always going to make something that's perfect every time um <clears throat> i think two other makers that i see that do that often maybe not maybe not make mistakes often but just are are people who make things are like adam savage and jimmy deresta they both make a lot mm. of things um and they're not they're not like professionals at doing one thing right it's kind of like the um uh, what's it called uh 
master of none. You know, it's a, uh, a, 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 uh, a jack of all trades. So, yeah, of course you can put some time and effort into doing really well with one thing, or uh, you can become a pro at one thing. And and obviously something with knife making, you know, I spend a lot of time and a lot of effort in doing those knives really well. And I do want to produce, I will be producing some knives, the, the journey knife to be able to actually have something that is usable and makeable. That's professional um, that I feel comfortable in selling, but also, you know, I don't, I don't want to stop making things and, not, and stop trying new things and, and be willing to try something and make a mistake and not come out with a perfect product, but be happy mm. with what I have come out enough to be able to then be, Oh, I can try this again. Right. Let me try it again. Let me try to do right. it better the second time around, or let me learn from this one thing and I'll put it in that knowledge that I learned. will go into every other thing I'll ever make in my entire life. Right. It's like you're, I love, it's the idea of building up a library of knowledge that mm. then influences every next thing you make. Every time I make something, that memory and that knowledge of making that one thing will then always come into play. And I'm always going to think, am I clamping my handle well enough that I get, you know, there's no space between my liners and my wood and my steel you know, every time because I've made the mistake one time where it wasn't well enough or, you know. It always, it always comes to play, but I think that's, that's the aspect that I love about making and I love about mm. creating things. And, and that, I think that also goes back to tools, right? Tools have that innate, uh, use in them that then they can be used over time. And you can take all the knowledge that you learned from one project on this tool and a little trick you did one time, or, you know, cutting a certain way or holding in a certain way that didn't give me a blister. And now I'm going to hold it for that way forever or until I find a better way. Yeah. So. It's like it's learning any general, even though it's a whole bunch of skills, but learning anything in general and then having like these theories and things where when someone starts to explain something, you automatically go, okay, I know where he's going with this. Mm -hmm. I know what he's trying to say and I can see where he's going with it. So you already have a jump on whatever new thing you're working on. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all. I guess that's just uh, time. and and Yeah. (laughs) And um, yeah. All right. I think as, as content creators, um, and I think because I'm also a teacher, I have the mindset of, you know, what I, what I know, not everyone else knows. So I try to talk through the things that I think are important. Um, but I definitely jump over things that I, I take for granted, um, you know, standard measurements, you know, all these things that we do innately that I do because I've been doing it forever. I take for granted and try to think about those things when I'm, when we're making videos and sometimes I'll get not necessarily frustrated, but I see in other people's videos where the things that I like about our videos, I think that are, that they are a little bit more, they are a little more instructional Mm. because I, because I'm talking about each thing in a way that I think there's, there's, I talk about what I'm doing and why and the important parts of it. And then, then we'll show a bunch of it. You know, it doesn't, I don't have to talk about it. Or if it's something that I talked about a lot, we might not do it all the time. Or I might reference another video. If you want to learn a little bit about this one thing, go check out this video. You know, I go into a little bit more in depth. And I think some people, there's been some, the the small bits of negative feedback is that like, oh, you think you're some pro, you think you're some know-it-all, blah, blah, right. blah. No, Dustin's just explaining the steps as he knows them. Right. And as he's going to do them and as he thinks they will work out well, if it doesn't, we've had it in multiple videos where you go back like, well, that didn't work. Right. Um, I yeah. thought this would happen, but it didn't. But it's just, it's not, we're not, go- we're not trying to make a how to necessarily. Right. 
So we're not, it's not like the, the golden rule book, the, the standard for how you should do something. It's how Dustin's doing it and he's explaining it. And a lot of times he'll explain things that he wouldn't just because I'm asking him. Oh yeah. uh, Why, why is that? Why are you going to do that? Because I don't know nearly as much as Dustin does. So I'm always asking him questions if they come up in my brain. Right. And I think if I think it, then someone else would have, will, will have also. So right. you might, he's not talking down to you if it's a basic thing. It's probably because I'm standing there going, hey, why did you do right. that? Or, or yeah. what tool is that? Or how do you do that knot? Can you show it again? I want to see that knot. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a lot of times as well. You'll you'll focus in on something and then I'll, you know, even if you, you haven't said why, the reason why you're focusing in, I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. You want to see this because you understand that the viewers want to see this because mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's not, it might not be something that everyone knows or, or it might just be something that's interesting to see someone do it a certain way. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's a good thing that a lot of channels that have two people yeah. um, have it. It's someone else just to go, wait, what was that? Can you do that again real quick? Can you, can you just say what you did that there real quick and we'll record right. it? It's, it's that, that it's, I think it's, it's good to have. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And good to, yeah, that's that is definitely a benefit for having more than one person. That, you know, that, <laughs> right. like you said earlier, you know, you bounce ideas off. Well, what about this color combination? Or what about this? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's kind of cool. And what mm-hmm. about this and this? And I I do hear that from other channels, other people who have channels where they have more than one person who are either working together, or you have a cameraman or a production assistant or whatever it is. You know, having that, having different people to talk about stuff and bounce feet, bounce you know ideas off of and get feedback from, definitely helps to. Uh, to push your your own mindset as a maker and uh and and uh highlight some of those things that we take for granted yeah um as makers just cool. have a uh, <clears throat> beginner as your camera guy and you'll be set <laughs> you'll have a lot of questions <laughs> like why why are you up on top of that table filming me now Devin? Well, because from this angle it looks really good and you can see this and i can see this at the same time and it'll lead into my next shot like here you go perfect <laughs> you know your thing i know my thing and right. slowly we just build our knowledge together <laughs> that's great Cool. All right. Well, yeah, you know, I, I hope you guys enjoyed that uh, little in-depth look into that <laughs> specific video. Um, again, I before before we kind of came up with that video to watch, I was thinking about doing something about it, like a theme of perseverance or how to keep going when you make mistakes. And and uh, that, that video came into my mind, but not specifically because of the errors that I made in it. It just came into my mind as one of the other videos that I really liked making and doing that we hadn't talked about yet. Mm. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, Oh, this actually works perfectly because I even talked about it at the end of the video that you might not always end up with a product that's perfect, but it's what you've made is something that will enlighten you, teach you something about what you can do. Um, it will still for that thing specifically, it still works exactly how it needs to. It might Mm. not be as pretty as one that has no, you know, errors in it, but, um, it does the job and it does it for me. And, and it's, uh, and there's a story there now that I'll always remember and it'll always influence what I do as a maker. Yeah. And it's there hanging up next to all his other axes. So, yep. you know, you come and visit, you can see it, <laughs> inspect it and chop some sticks, chop some sticks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, for, for kindling prep, man, it's, it's no joke. That's the one yeah, you want. <laughs> the little machete axe. Yeah. Axe shitty. <laughs> Max shitty. Max shitty. Max shitty. 
All right. So uh, recommendations. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna start out. I'm gonna recommend a um an event that's coming up. Oh, all right. Now I went into the uh, everyday astronaut thing. I uh, recommended his channel for all that type of stuff. But I'm gonna recommend. Uh, I think when this comes out on Friday, the plan is from SpaceX is to launch their starship 50,000 feet high, turn it over on its belly, let it let it descend back down on its belly. Then it's going to spin itself upright and land, and it's got three adjustable rocket engines on the bottom. What? Now, yeah, and that that's um here's the uh the quote from Elon Musk. Um the goals are to test a three-engine ascent body flaps transition from main to header tanks and landing flaps. A lot of things need to go right, so maybe a one in three chance. So there's a two in three <laughs> chance that this thing, the size of like, it's it's huge. If you've ever seen it, it's yeah. the, the size of the Apollo like rocket. It's it's giant. Probably a little smaller. But billions it's, it's, of dollars. Of <laughs> it looks like a skyscraper. Yeah. But it's also so cool looking. It looks like a a Buck Rogers Star Wars like rocket like an old 50s rocket that you'd say <laughs> so they're going to do this so you're either going to see this amazing thing go up belly flop spin and land or just crumble into the into the ground or water and it's <laughs> going to be amazing explosion. so that's probably good so keep an eye out it might be when this comes out on Friday but I think they're planning they got the rights um, the FAA is going to let them do it sometime this weekend I think so that's going to be super cool. <laughs> super cool. Um, that's their Man. starship. That's the thing that they plan to take uh, in the orbit of the moon and then fly to Mars. And it's supposed to hold like 100 tons of stuff. It's it's Jeez. really cool. Yeah, it's so cool, man. <clears throat> and just watching even like the little jumps and stuff they've done so far with it. Right. They've only done like, and... yeah, like 500 feet, 1,000 feet. So they're going to yeah. take the whole thing straight up, turn it over, flip it belly flop it and then come oh, down and try to land it's, it's gonna be so cool that's so cool and that's sometime this weekend you said or yeah yeah no. um you just have to google it they they're not sure the exact time but it's somewhere sometime this weekend cool well i will uh <clears throat> i'll link to uh i guess maybe i'll link to the everyday astronaut because i'm sure he'll be there to watch it <clears throat> i mean i guess you don't have NASA to you don't SpaceX. have to put you don't have to put a link if you if you don't want, I, I would right. just say you can watch it. I would you just YouTube it first. Okay. Google it. Find out yep. when they're planning to do it. So this comes out on Friday. So it might be when this comes out. Yep. And just hop on Google and then YouTube it. And there will be 20 links to people watch. Everyday Astronauts great, but you can just watch the SpaceX. They do a great broadcast now, too. Right on. Cool. Nice. All right. Well, I'll, yeah, that sounds awesome. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. That'd be fun to watch. Like you said, there's a, a one in one in three chance <laughs> it works three. perfectly, and a two in three chance that it's going to fall and explode and have a giant explosion. Which <laughs> so it's going to be amazing gonna be awesome. either way. <laughs> <laughs> and Elon will be like, okay, you know, check that off the thing. Okay, it didn't right. work. Time to build another one. Yeah, and the cool thing <laughs> is he there he's doing it so quick, right? He Elon wants to go in Mar to Mars in his lifetime, so he's, I think he said uh, that he wants to die on Mars. So he's really. He's they're pushing. dumping so much money into it. I mean, they're already building the other rockets as this one's not even, you know, launched off yet. They are just, they're yeah. ready to go. That's amazing. 
Crazy. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, <clears throat> my recommendation this week is um, a a guy that I have been following not for super long, but uh, someone that I really enjoy uh, what he's doing. It's a uh, a knife smith, a blacksmith, a bladesmith named. Um, uh, what is his actual name? John have- Nagel. I have his actual name, yeah. So John Nagel. Uh, John has participated in Forge and Fire twice. He won the first. He won his the first time he was in Forge and Fire season five, episode twelve. Uh, he participated in the season seven, episode thirty-five. He was on uh, the show Knife or Death, uh, season two, episode ten. He's a blacksmith. He's an army vet. He's a bourbon aficionado, uh, <laughs> and he's a great knife maker. Um, I actually. Uh, like I said, I've been following him on Instagram uh, for maybe six months or eight months or so. I can't remember exactly when I started following him, but I've been seeing his work. Um, and I popped into one of his live streams over the weekend on Saturday. <clears throat> and uh, he was just he was working on a knife, working in the forge Saturday morning. And I popped in and watched for maybe half an hour or so before we were heading out to do some stuff. And it's good to see him you know, chatting with people and he was happy to see me there. He said that he was a, a fan of the channel and been following and, you know, subscribed to our channel for a couple of years. So he's happy to see me there. And, um, and then, uh, so, you know, it was cool to see him working on some stuff. We chatted for a little bit. And then, uh, on the other day, you guys may or may not have seen that if you follow us on Instagram and you happen to be on Instagram when we did it, we did a real quick Instagram live feed, um, from the shop the other day while we were working on the bow just to kind of test it out. And, uh, and he hopped on there right before my battery died. So, um, it's cool to have, you know, just to be building the community of, uh, different makers and, and, uh, it's always surprising when, you know, you see people or, you know, of someone and then you realize they follow you or you follow them. It's just, it's a, a really humbling thing and a really fun part about being a, a maker and being in part of this community and the podcasting and YouTube and a knife maker and a maker in general, there's really just this, this great community. So, um, he does some really awesome stuff, really great knives and projects and all sorts of fun stuff. So you can check him out. Uh, and his Instagram is at Nagel house forge. And I'll put that in the show notes. Yeah. So we'll have to, uh, try to get John on and, Maybe do a yeah, podcast and talk about Forged and Fire and what he does and yeah, and being a vet, all that stuff is uh, really cool, really good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and he's uh, over in Michigan and uh, followed by a few other people that I follow and that follow us as too. So, again, it's just like a little sight into the community of the makers. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Well, <clears throat> we are come to the have come to the end of this episode thank you guys all so much for listening um it's always fun we really really are enjoying doing the podcast and it's great to hang out with Devin for another hour or two every week <laughs> chat a little bit drink some beers that, and that doesn't sound enjoy. like it's so great hang out with <laughs> him out another with hour another couple like hours. it's not enough we shoot all these videos together <laughs> uh, we have fun and it's it's fun uh, again same thing just being part of the community I listen to a bunch of other makers on the Makery Network um, listen to the Workforce Podcast for Brian House I listen to Knife Talk 
book. I listen to the um, Handmade podcasts. I listen to the Simple Little Life podcasts. I, I listen to almost all of them, and it's really cool hearing how everyone else talks about the community. You know, we hear other people talk about our podcast and shout it out, and you know, I shout out other people's podcasts. It's just a it's a great community. It's really fun uh, to be part of the Makery Network, which is where you can find our our uh, podcast and find awesome awesome other podcasters like us other makers yeah and i want to i want to i want to say real quick that um even if you're not a creator or you're not doing videos but if you're making stuff and want to get in contact with with dustin or us um yeah email us and dm dustin on on instagram the art of craftsmanship and or or the email the art of craftsmanship at gmail we respond to all those because I mean, we maybe can't get to all the ones on YouTube because we get a bunch because we got a, a bunch of videos on there. But email and DMs, you can chat with yeah. Dustin and ask us questions. We will definitely respond to you and want to see what you're doing and then bring you into the circle and everyone can yeah. have some fun and make some cool <clears throat> yeah, stuff. Absolutely. Especially with... Uh with Instagram because you know we have we're we're just about to hit 100,000 subscribers which is just fantastic on uh, YouTube but on Instagram we have you know just under 3,000 followers so it's such a, it's a smaller community um and uh yeah if you send me a DM on Instagram or you tag me I'm almost 100% going to respond and see what you're working on so it's a it's a great way to get a hold of us and and uh you know, if you're interested in joining us on the podcast, you can, you know, follow us, you know, you can do us that way. You can reach out to us, or if you have something to contribute, if you want us to talk about a video that you liked or something that you saw in one of our videos that you want us to elaborate on, definitely reach out and let us know. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. This has been fun. Uh, Again, you can find us on YouTube, The Art of Craftsmanship. You can support us on Patreon at The Art of Craftsmanship. You can follow us on Instagram at The Art of Craftsmanship, and you can find us on The Makery Network and all of your other podcasting platforms, which I'm sure you did to find us here. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for for listening. It's been fun. Again, yeah, there's that watching that I like to do because we're so used to filming videos. (laughs) Thank you all for listening. It's been great, and we will talk to you guys next time. If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.